Thank you for tuning in to Three Degrees of She. This is Kimberly Johnson, your podcast host. This evening's topic is going to be how it feels to be raised as an only child. I know about this firsthand because my parents were divorced when I was a young child. And because of that, my mother raised me by herself. She definitely had the help of family and friends. However, she was my primary parent and the person who had custodial custody of me. So one of the first tips that I would give to anyone who's raising an only child is be sure that you give them a sense of individuality. Many times when you're an only child, you will end up being around many adults, whether you want that to be the case or not, because there may not always be an adult or um, in the case of an only child, typically, obviously, there would be no older sibling that can actually watch the child. So it's very important that whatever it is that the child is doing, that they feel like an individual and that they're not lumped in with just the adults. One of the things that was challenging growing up as an only child is that I had two um, cousins who I was very close with and am still very close with. However, they were six and seven years older than me. So a lot of times it wasn't necessarily cool to have their younger cousin hanging out with them. They were always wonderful and gracious to me. Um, Shout out to my cousins. You know that I love you dearly. However, I do know that if, um, and when it came to me, that it was very helpful if I was able to have my own individual time. How I ended up having individual time is that when I was in elementary school, I played the fife. When I was in junior high school, I played the flute. I also was part of the chorus when I was in school. I was a Girl Scout from the age of seven until I was 13. So I had things that I did individually that I only was able to share that experience with my friends. And a lot of times as an only child, you long to have a sibling. But one of the things that I found is that I actually did not have that many moments that I actually felt lonely because of the amount of friends that I had. So it's very important to have your only child, especially if they're young and you are just now nurturing them and um, starting their lives, that you give them a sense of individuality and find out what they like to do. Do not just automatically assume that they want to do what the adults will do. Um, You don't want them to feel like they are just someone who is tagging along. You want them to feel like they're their own individual person. Secondly, what I would say is make sure that you are speaking to your child, not necessarily as if they are an adult, but also not as a child. It does teeter a very fine line. But one of the things that I remember as a child is that if I wasn't sure about something, I was always able to ask my mother and my mother wouldn't give me play terms about things. She would be very candid about what was going on, but she would break it down in layman's terms or in childlike terms so that I would understand what she was saying. So it's very important to treat that child like a child when they are a child, but also know how to treat them as an adult as they 
um, begin to get older. That was one of the things that I very much appreciated. The third thing is, if you are the parent of an only child, please understand that there are a myriad of responsibilities that they would not wish on anyone else, but because they are your only child, they do need to know certain things. So for instance, my mother and I have had very candid conversations about this is what you're going to, um, this is what's going to happen Um, when I pass away. This is where this is. This is where the will is. Here is the key for the safe deposit box. I have money in these different places. I have a 401k. I have a 403b. So it's very important that if you are the parent of an only child, do not avoid that conversation because an only child, whether they directly say it to you or not, they are always going to be worried about if they will have the information that they need to make soul decisions for you as you continue to get older and possibly um, may need to be taken care of as you get older. One of the things that I've always appreciated about my mother is that, um, as well as my aunt, who also helped me a great deal in raising me is that they had very candid conversations with my grandparents about their finances, what happened um, with the house that they owned um, before it was sold. There were a number of conversations that my grandparents had with my mother and my aunt. Um, We've been blessed that my grandparents, as well as my mom and my aunt, were able to retire in their 50s. So when the conversations were had, everyone um, everyone was able to have a very free-flowing conversation. And they were able to be very candid about this is where the money is for this. This is what should be done with this. This is what we want for both of you girls to have. And then um, what they wanted the grandchildren to have. So it's very important that no matter what phase of life you're in, that if you're the parent that you have that conversation with your child. I believe that the conversation should start happening when the child is a teenager. And here's the reason why. Many teenagers, um, as well as um, younger children, are not taught the value of a dollar. They're not taught what it is to save, how important it is to save, how it's important to always have a savings account, a checking account, have multiple bank accounts so that you have money coming in different places and not all of your money just in one place. So if you begin to have that conversation with your only child when they're a teenager, and particularly when they start their first job around the age of 15 or 16, um, it will make the conversation a little bit easier because they'll learn how to start saving money. And then that's when you could start having the conversation about what should be done in terms of you, if God forbid something should happen to you. So to me, this is when the conversation needs to be had of, um, if I'm in a vegetative state, what, um, how would you want me to handle that? If um, I wasn't able to speak, how would you want me to handle that? If God forbid the house burns down, and I'm not able to live 
where I once lived? Would I come live with you? Would we buy a house together? Would we move to another state? So there's a lot of questions and things that you need to start discussing with your only child. You need to discuss your last will and testament. If you have a 401k, a 403b, tax deferred annuity, all of these things are things that need to be discussed. So even though the the typical modus operandi is that someone wants to avoid the conversation. I believe that it's very important to have the conversation because if you have a very free flowing conversation with your child, it will make it less, it'll make it less awkward to have the conversation. If you, the two of you always decide that you're going to avoid the conversation, God forbid something happens and one of you do not have the ability to speak, then the pressure is completely on either the parent of the only child or the only child to make decisions depending on who the person is that was hurt and can no longer speak. So as an only child, those are a number of tips that I thought of that would be great for this podcast. I thought that this was great to piggyback off of the podcast that I did with my mom where she discussed raising an only child. And I thought that it would be really good to give you some of those tips. If anyone has any questions um, about anything else that they're wondering about their only child or if they currently have one child and you're trying to decide if you should only have one, if you're trying to figure out certain things about how to deal with your only child, because although we're awesome, shout out to me, um, at times we can be challenging. I will not even lie, myself included. I'm being very open and candid about it. So if you are a parent of an only child and you have some questions and want to know how it felt for me to be raised as an only child, I really encourage you to reach out to me. So the best way to reach out to me is through the podcast email address, which is three degrees of she at gmail.com. Again, that's T-H-R-E-E-D-E-G-R-E-E-S-O-F s-h-e at gmail.com or you may also reach out to me via instagram at three degrees of she i thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast and i look forward to speaking with you again soon this is kimberly johnson your podcast host signing off thank you